guys. Welcome back to Thick and Thin. This is Katie, per usual, and I'm back again with another episode for you guys of my uh, internet diary, I guess you could say, because to be quite honest, this is really just a compilation of my thoughts, um, things that go through my head, things that I'm interested in, um, people's stories that I look into, things like that. So welcome back. If you're new, uh, you got a lot of catching up to do. I've done quite a lot of episodes now. I, I think it's actually crazy. I always say like, oh, my podcast, it's like a new a new venture. It's something that I've done recently um, sort of thing. And I look back and I'm like, wow, I've actually been doing this for a while now. There's a lot of episodes. Um, and I just want to you know, take a moment to thank you guys for you know, tuning in every week. It really means a lot that people care about what I have to say. So anyway, um, without further ado, I'm going to get into tonight's episode. Um, basically, tonight's episode is like a, a smorgasbord of uh, stories, um, people that I want to talk about um, that I find interesting, um, some art is involved. But the overlying idea or kind of overarching idea of tonight's episode is well, it's, it's rooted in the social media age that we live in. And, you know, people were sliding in my DMs a lot recently asking me to speak to social media and how it, like, it just completely, it kind of paints a false picture. Um, sometimes for us, sometimes social media can make us feel really shitty about ourselves, can make us feel that we aren't significant because others' lives look a lot better than ours and things like that. And how oftentimes even us as creators, you know, people that have social media channels, we find it hard to portray ourselves in the most realistic light because it's not aesthetically pleasing and it's not something we want to share with everyone because we're afraid or we just, you know, don't want to discuss the darker parts of our lives. So anyway, that was kind of where the inspiration began. And then I started watching some TED Talks um, that a lot of you guys were recommending. So a lot of these people that I'll be discussing tonight um, were you know, recommended by you guys. So thank you to all who ever invested in my research and things. Um, I really do love it. So whenever you guys see something that you think that I would like, certainly DM it to me because I will watch it and I will stay up late into the hours, wee hours of the morning, listening and watching TED Talks, which I do often. So anyway, a lot of that um, comes into play. But basically, it's, it's all rooted in the idea that, you know, we get kind of lost in the stories um, that people are painting on online and even just in our day-to-day and we, we forget that there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that there's so much that you know we don't know about people there's so many stories that are left untold and you know in doing so there's a huge gap um, in reality a gap uh, that we don't see and it, it makes you know the story you know the overall story of people's lives look a lot better than they actually are, if that makes any sense at all. So yeah, that is kind of the gist. Um, Before I get way too deep in the intro, I'm going to introduce tonight's sponsor, which I've discussed before on the podcast. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Lola, which as you guys might recall, I have discussed before on the podcast. Basically, Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners, and they now also offer sex products as well. Basically, I have been using um, the Lola subscription service, and I get my tampons from them. And something I mentioned um, in the last episode, which I still cannot stop thinking about, is the fact that these tampons, the ingredients in them, which is just shocking that I would even have to deal with any companies that don't list like their 
ingredients and they all make sense. These tampons, you know, you know what is in these tampons. They say it very clearly on the box. They're 100% natural, no bullshit, no mystery fibers involved. They are very plainly tampons that you put in your vagina that are natural so you can feel good about them, which is something a little bit TMI, but not at all because it is, you know, your vagina. You should talk about it openly and such. So these are the tampons that I know and trust and I use their subscription service so I never have to worry that I won't have tampons on hand, you know, because that's the worst feeling in the entire world. And with every purchase, um, Lola donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the United States. So you can feel good about buying your tampons. It's just a no brain guys so as always I do have a special deal for you guys um, if you go to mylola.com so that's my l-o-l-a.com you can get 40% off of all subscriptions by entering my code which is hello katie hello k-a-t-y and as I mentioned you can get 40% off of all subscriptions with that code and additionally you know other than tampons they also have sex products they have condoms they have um, now they have these um, wipes these like uh, very vagina friendly wipes that they sell as well so definitely check out everything that Lola has to offer and that's it for tonight's sponsor all right guys so on with the episode so as I've mentioned a few times in the intro like I said it a couple times tonight's episode is rooted in the idea or just kind of the concept of stories the story that you tell the story that you own you know the stories that make up you as a person and why we find it hard to you know, discuss the chapters in our lives that are maybe not discussed, but like, you know, we don't really portray a lot of the rougher chapters of our lives or, you know, we, we choose not to, um, and why. So I'm going to be talking about stories a lot, but the first thing I do want to talk about, which I'm kind of going in a chronological order of how I came to all these conclusions. So the first thing, um, one of my followers uh, sent me this this picture. <laughs> I was actually really creeped out when I first like saw it. I was like, what the heck is this? And it's actually, well, it's a, a photo of a painting um, by this guy named, this guy, that's so like demeaning, this, this artist um, named Rene Magritte. So if you guys are art buffs, you might know um, his work. But basically, I actually also listened to a whole podcast, like a background on this particular painting, the artist and all that stuff. I'm not going to drone on about the details of his life um, because that's a whole nother story. Um, but basically, he is an artist. You know, there's a lot of artists in this world, but he made this particular painting called The Son of Man. And this is the picture that I was sent. And so if you guys have a chance to look, if you're like multitasking and you can pull up a photo, definitely do it because it'll give a lot of, um, paint a lot of color in this story that I'm going to tell you. So basically it's a painting, just to give you an idea if you're commuting and can't look it up, um, of this guy. He's dressed like a businessman um, in like a bowler hat, a suit, a tie, looks very put together. There's like a, a random like seascape behind him. But basically he's like very ominously standing in this suit and there's an apple, a, a bright green juicy apple blocking his face. So it's almost like you can kind of see his eyes a little bit behind them. Like so he can see you situation but you can't see him and it's this whole you know it's a part of the surrealist movement um in art which you know I'm I'm interested in art so like I care about it but some of you guys are probably like okay Katie get to the point basically it's like it's it shows something that is certainly plausible something that could very well happen you know a guy standing in a suit but there's something thrown into the picture that isn't quite right and so the apple 
is the thing that is not quite right. And after listening to the podcast on like the whole, you know, story behind, you know, the symbolism and everything, I learned that the apple in front of his face actually inspired a lot of people. Um, it first inspired Paul McCartney, um, I believe. Paul McCartney? Yeah. I'm like looking at my notes to make sure I'm right because uh, a lot of times I'll say things and I'm like, that's just definitely not right. But anyway, Paul McCartney um, purchased, I believe, a painting um, of his, of Magritte's, with an apple in it. And that was like one of the inspirations for his work as an artist. And then, get this, Steve Jobs, our beloved Steve Jobs, who created the iPhone, obviously, and everything else that we use, the very monitor that I'm using to record this podcast, um, was in inspired by Paul McCartney who was inspired by Magritte and he adopted the apple as a symbol for da 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 Apple the major corporation anyway so that's just a little side note that I found really interesting because I'm a nerd but anyway you know essentially the whole reason why I'm bringing this up is you know this guy in this painting you know you we see his features we see we we assume based on the way he's dressed that he's well off that he is a working man he you know, gets this bread as I promise I'll never say that again. I know you guys are like, what the heck? But anyway, he, you know, we have all these judgments about him and, and we can see, you know, the the symbols of him, his, the way he's dressed, the way he's acting, he's holding himself. And we think that we know who he is, but in actuality, we can't see his face. We don't truly know who he is, but he can see us. And I thought the most interesting thing was actually a quote that the artist said. So actually, you know, he's later said that this is a self-portrait, so it's him. Um, that he painted himself, essentially. And he said, there's this really awesome quote that he said about it. He said, at least it hides the face partly well. So you don't, no, so you have the apparent face, the apple hiding the visible, but hidden, the face of the person. It's something that happens constantly. Everything we see hides another thing. We always want to see what is hidden by what we see. There is an interest in that which is hidden and which the visible does not show us. This interest can take the form of a quite intense feeling, a sort of conflict, one might say, between the visible that is hidden and the visible that is present. So it's like, you know, a really artsy quote, <laughs> like something that you really have to like think about. And I've honestly been like toying around with it in my head all day. But what I got from it was, you know, you as a person have this kind of facade, this this persona that you exert and the story that you tell you know on social media like oh I post a lot of pictures of you know me in cool clothes you know doing cool things going to cool bars and that is the the picture that I'm painting of myself online you know but there's there's parts of that story that I know the truth of that other people don't know and you know it's it's all just a matter of perspective you know and the the part of this this quote that he said that was so interesting to me was this interest can take the form of, of a quite intense feeling, a sort of conflict, one might say, between the visible that is hidden and the visible that is present. You know, and the big word there, the buzzword is visible. Because, you know, we see people, we are friends with people, I hope so. We, you know, see our parents, we see a lot of people in our day to day. We have a lot of, you know, I mean, some people do, some people don't, but for me, I have a lot of people in my day-to-day, uh, you know, at work and, you know, my, my social life. I see a lot of people, but, you know, I see what is visible, but do I really, really see? Do I really see, period, you know? Because you see what is being shown to you, but you don't see everything. You don't see the whole story. And I think that's so interesting because, you know, the whole kind of mentality or mentality, um, you know, just overarching idea, as I mentioned earlier, that I was looking for in this whole thing was, 
you know, there's so much of people that we don't see. You know, we see these people, you know, visibly in the daytime, physically, but we don't see everything that's happened to them. You know, th- that wouldn't obviously make sense. We would be spending our whole lives, you know, looking into people's stories and forgetting our own. And there's just no way that even when you know someone so well, sometimes you don't actually know them or you do but you don't know every corner of their being you know their favorite color you know their favorite food you know what drink they order at the bar but do you actually know everything no and a lot of times it's because they don't want to share that you know it's I asked this question on Instagram you know like you know do do people only tell you the things that they want you to know Yes, I think so. A lot of you guys had like all sorts of conflicting opinions about it. But I think that a lot of times, especially online, we show, we paint the story, you know, of what we want people to see. And people see us, but ultimately we are the ones on the other side of the apple looking at them, looking at us, but they can't truly see our face. Or they can, but you know what I mean? Like metaphorically, they can't truly see all the cards that we're holding, you know? And I find that so interesting. And it's also, you know, I can't sit here and be like, yeah, I, I've definitely never, con- you know, concealed something from either you guys or my friends or my family. There are so many secrets that I hold that I don't know if I'll ever have the courage to completely show, but I'm working on it every day to become become more comfortable with being, um, being, what's it called? Just like, um, well, honest, transparent, but also just, you know, lowering myself. That's not even the good way to put it, but like just being so open to the point where I feel naked, you know? When you tell a really, really, you know, just embarrassing or really just something, a story that makes maybe makes you not look so great. You know, that feeling of relief that you finally got it off your chest and you're finally not the only one that's holding this secret inside of you, but you also feel a little bit naked and embarrassed, you know? And I feel like a lot of times on social media, we just altogether abandon this idea, you know, of being transparent on social because it's just a lot easier to paint a story that people would understand and people would see and like because it's pretty, you know? And I struggle with this all the time and I... You know, I was talking about this on social media, you know, getting your ideas on it. And another follower recommended this this TED Talk that I actually just watched like, you know, I don't know, half an hour ago. And I was like viciously writing things down because this is this is quite a story. It's a story for the books, guys. Like it is definitely a must watch. It's creeping its way up onto my top five TED Talks I've ever listened to because I've listened to a lot of TED Talks on various subjects. And this is a really, really good one that, you know, just applies to so many aspects of life I think and it's called The Danger of a Single Story by Ngozi Adichie. Um, I hope I pronounced her name right but anyway so she is a Nigerian novelist an author of short stories she writes nonfiction too she's just a writer she I think even in her um, in part of her TED talk she was like yeah I started reading when I was like four years old and I'm like wow girl I don't even know I was reading like Magic Treehouse and like stuff like that and she was like yeah I was reading like anthologies and like I was like wow okay but here I am comparing myself to her which I shouldn't be doing because you know comparison is the thief of joy but anyway really empowering woman really cool um, story that she told and essentially you know what I got from it she she kind of just went into what I'm similarly discussing right now the idea of stories and how if a story is told incorrectly or assumed 
or kind of paraphrased incorrectly, it takes on a completely different meaning and it can often lead us to patronize people and also pity ourselves because we don't know the full story. Um, and she, you know, was telling stories from her youth, like ways where she was kind of judgmental or where other people were judgmental of her for the color of her skin or her background, things like that. Um, you know, those are narratives that we're pretty used to, but some parts of it that really struck me was when she, she basically said, like I just mentioned, you know, the way that you begin a story is so significant. You know, if you tell a story halfway through or just start the story halfway through someone's life, you know, when they're doing amazing for themselves and completely forget about the humble beginnings, it completely changes the narrative and it oftentimes makes us feel shitty about ourselves, you know, and that's why it is so important that, you know, when someone, when you're looking up to someone, when you have this idol or this person or the story that you want to become or not become, but you want to you know, you're inspired by in like a role model situation, you should always know where they came from because it makes, it it just, it makes the story, first of all, so much better, but also, you know, it makes you feel that you can truly do anything and it's not, you know, you just woke up one day and were a successful novelist. It's like, there's so many things that had to go wrong first. And I think the, you know, the, the whole, you know, element of social media that we struggle with and maybe we don't even know we struggle with is the idea that we just open our phones at whatever time of day and we see someone's story, you know, in the middle or, you know, just not necessarily at the beginning. And I think that's what we struggle with because we just see themselves, these people, or see these people in, you know, living their best life, but we don't know everything that they had to go through to get to that quote unquote best life. And we don't actually even know if they are truly living their best life. And that was just something that I really took from her story. There's a lot of other other amazing parts of the TED Talk you guys should listen to. But, you know, I think a lot of judgment happens, you know, good and bad, both, both good and bad, you know, when you incorrectly begin a story or you convince yourself that someone's, you know, there's that quote, like, don't compare your middle to someone's beginning or be, your beginning to someone's middle, you know, it's, it's, it's all relative and it's all, you know, you're, you obviously live your own story and your chapters are going to be different. No one's plot is the same. And if it was, that'd be a really freaking boring life. Am I right? So, you know, her TED Talk really, you know, inspired me to talk about this. And also just, you know, going about my daily life, I see this every day. You know, just the idea that, you know, I have this story and I walk around like today, you know, the simplest thing, I was in Sephora, you know, shopping for makeup for a shoot that I'm doing tomorrow for work. And I was just walking around, you know, minding my own business. I was honestly not in the most amazing mood because I was tired and it was raining and I was just like, you know, I I just left work and it was just one of those things where I was just like in a fog and I didn't really want to talk to people. I just wanted to get in, get my stuff, get my, uh, my makeup and get out, you know. And makeup, you know, buying makeup brings me joy. It's one of those little simple pleasures. You know, I mentioned that like when you're going through something rough or you're just having a bad day, you know, fill your life with small things that make you happier. You know, it's really simple. That's what I was doing. (laughs) I was in Sephora and this saleswoman comes up to me and she starts selling me on this product, like this magical serum. And, you know, usually in Sephora, I've gotten pretty lucky with like not having to like really interact with salespeople, which I know that's their job. But like I just sometimes, you know, when you go into a store and you just don't want to be helped it's kind of like when there's like when you're trying to get a cab and like when you need a cab so badly in New York and it's like there's no cabs but then when you don't need one it's like there's a million it's like when I don't need the salesperson to help me like there's so many swarming me and then when I like do need one like for a dressing room or something there's none to be found like that's just life 
um, you know, it is their job and I also need to like understand that and like whatever. But this woman was like aggressively selling me on a product and telling me all these things that I wanted to hear like, oh, you're so beautiful and young and your skin is blah, 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 whatever. And I was getting so annoyed, but I was like trying to, you know, keep a straight face on, not, you know, snap at her because yes, I've had a bad day, but how on earth would she know that, you know? And that kind of got me thinking. It's like, it's true, guys. Like no one truly knows what you're going through. And, you know, I was looking at this woman who is probably in her 50s, I would assume, which is also an assumption, so I don't really know, but... um, And I was just looking at her and just like wondering what her life is like, not even listening to anything she was saying about the serum at all. She was like rubbing my hand. I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I'm just judging you, you know? And and as much as we try, like I was trying to, you know, think about like, oh, does she have a husband at home? Like, does she have kids? Like, is this, you know, her passion? Does she truly love this job or is she just doing it because it's, it's money? And, you know, I was just thinking about all these things about this woman and thinking about all these elements of her story that I will never know. Like, yes, granted, I could ask her. That'd be a little strange to ask her her life story in Sephora but could have very well done it just didn't do it um I don't know how she would have reacted to that but I guess I'll never know now um but you know there's so many things that we don't know about people that we'll never know about people and the thing is you know my mom always tells me like you just got to treat everyone with kindness no matter what which is a very standard idea that a lot of us are very good at you know just being kind to everyone because you have no idea what people are going through but it also kind of inspires me you know, to tell my story because, you know, I actually wrote this down, um, you know, we forget that, we often forget that people don't know our story. They don't know that we're tired. They don't know what we're going through. They only know what we share with them, what we tell them, what we portray or how we carry ourselves you know granted we sometimes especially with me because I have a very expressive face apparently you know it's it's pretty easy to tell what I'm thinking like if I'm really pissed off you will know because I'll be making a resting bitch face like no one's business but you know oftentimes you know we people just don't know what's going on with us because we don't tell them and you know we can't get mad if people incorrectly judge us based on what we show with you know, share them share with them sorry because you know, at the end of the day, you know, if we're portraying something like, you know, they're, they're receiving that feedback that, you know, they're taking that in like a sponge and that's all that we've given them. So that's all they can really work with, you know? And it, I guess it's no one's fault because yes, like it's, it's wrong to incorrectly judge someone, but also like you can't really help it sometimes. It's human nature. Like me staring at this woman in Sephora trying to figure out her life story and if she has a husband, like, you know, it's, it's, your mind is like a free domain. There's no rules in your mind. And you can, I think it's a, a beautiful but also scary thing. It's like your your thoughts and what goes on in there. It's kind of like a, like a little like ping pong ball going back and forth, like things going on always in your brain. And, you know, even if you try to train yourself to be the nicest, most wholesome person ever, you know, there's still going to be those thoughts that creep in that aren't so cute and pretty and nice and forgiving, you know? And I, I remember growing up, there was this one girl that, you know, I had a friend group, like a pretty tight-knit friend group growing up, like in the neighborhood because we were all the same age and so we all like, we're in the same circle. I still keep in touch with them to this day, but there was this one girl that lived in my neighborhood briefly. She moved. Um, but at the time, um, she she was just one of those people that my mom always called her an angel. Like she was just so kind and nice and her family was notoriously kind of um, like they had all these, uh, you know, family problems. I don't want to call it a problem, but like they just, you know, the parents weren't happy. They were on the verge of a divorce. Um, her brother um, was was uh, dealing with some mental health issues. It was just one of those things where it wasn't 
under wraps. Like it was very public that her family was going through something. And nonetheless, she was such a kind, like angelic person. And I remember, you know, I was like the tender age of like 10 or something. Like I was such a little brat, (laughs) to be honest, because a lot of times we can't help it, you know, especially growing up in a privileged situation, I was just a little brat. (laughs) And I remember like just looking at her and looking at the way my mom looked at her and everyone in the neighborhood just thought she was such a little angel. And I was like, wow, I want to be more like that. And then, you know, I would, I would try to be such a kind person to all my friends, you know, you know, do the right thing always. And then I'd have these ugly little thoughts that would creep in my head. And I was like, oh my God, like I can't, I, there's just no way I'm going to be like her. But then I forgot, you know, now looking at it, you know, a million years later, like almost, wow, like how many years, how old am I? 13 years later, I guess, looking at it. And, you know, who's to say there weren't ugly things that went on in her head? You know, there probably were, which isn't her fault because it's the subconscious mind that runs, you know, amok in your head and makes you think things, think evil things. You know, if you're religious, you know that it's just something that everyone experiences because of, you know, Satan and all that jazz. And, you know, it's one of those things that you can't really control. But, you know, one thing you can control is how you act. You know, you can't control what goes on in your head and what ugly thoughts you think, you know. But you can train yourself to not act on those thoughts and to not wear them all over your face like a mask, you know. And that's something that I've adopted into my into my uh, golden years that I'm in now. You know, me, you know, somewhat having my life together. And I think you know that just that just tells a story. It's like there's so much that goes on that no one will see. They only see what you show them. You know, I only saw the angelic girl. You know, I didn't see. Whoa, my email is going off. Sorry. You know, I didn't see, like, maybe, you know, she was secretly, you know, screaming her head off at home. Like, I don't know. I only see what she shows me. And, yeah, so basically, but, you know, here's the thing that I struggle with, you know. Yes, we should share our stories. Yes, yes, we should be, you know, open and transparent. And sometimes, yes, we're going to share some things that aren't pretty and aren't glamorous and make us look like bad people because you're going to be a bad person every once in a while, you know? It's just something we can't ignore or, or avoid because it's our human nature. You know, we can try to be better, but at the end of the day, we're going to mess up. And the mistakes, you know, the mistakes that we make, you know, can be courageous, you know, making mistakes because... Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast topic, you know, making mistakes. But, you know, I, I struggle with this because, yes, we should share our stories, but also we don't owe our story to anyone but ourselves. You know, we're the ones living our stories. We are, you know, in the driver's seat of our lives, as Oprah says. <laughs> Oprah did this one um, commencement speech, I think it was a commencement speech, or a graduation speech at her alma mater, um, I think. I don't know actually where it was. Don't quote me on this. But she said in this um, speech, she said, like, we are in the driver's seat of our lives. And the second that we're not, you know, our lives are driving us. You know, you got to be in the driver's seat because otherwise your your life's going to drive you. And who knows where the heck it's going to drive you. It's going to drop you off on the side of the freeway, you know. And anyway, so, you know, we don't owe our story to anyone. But if we tell it, guys, you know, if we are a little bit more transparent online if we are you know the type of people that don't act like we have our shit together all the time around our friends and even strangers you know if you're just maybe a little bit more honest you know perhaps people will adjust their mindsets too you know maybe their judgments will you know change and maybe they'll see a little bit clearer You know, and I think it's the best act of service. Another thing that Oprah said in her speech, she was talking about how, you know, in order to live a fulfilling life, you have to give back. 
And that doesn't mean like, you know, necessarily donating, donating a ton of money to charity or like, you know, give back and like volunteer work. Like, yes, those things are amazing, but you can also give back in ways that you might not, you know, consider giving back. You know, you can give back or not give back. That's the wrong word. You know, service. You can truly, you know, fulfill an act of service by maybe just being a little bit more honest with other people and with how you portray yourself online. And I know it's really hard and I know it's not going to stop the way things are in social media and it's not going to stop me opening my phone after I'm done recording this podcast and seeing all these perfectly curated influencers. And yes, I'm guilty. Like, yes, I I take pride in my theme and my feed and stuff like that. But I do like to think that I am one of those, you know, I'm trying to be one of those people that is honest online. You know, I'm one of those people that like I, I do do these podcasts every week and I'm not trying to make myself sound like a saint or anything, but this is my small baby step in being more honest with the world because, you know, if you are honest with the world and you show that you are not perfect, people will stop striving to be this false, this false per- perfect person because that perfect person that you see does not exist. And as many times as I'll convince myself, you know, I, I, I have the biggest problem, you know, when I look at models because especially um well not models but like maybe like influencer models I think they all kind of blend together at this point um but I see them and I just I you know I've told you guys you know in the past that I've had body image problems and I get really worked up over my body and how I look and how my skin jiggles and things like that you know and then there's this quote that you know bombards me or in my mind it's like Katie like those models sometimes don't even look like themselves you know they're doctored they're edited I follow these accounts on Instagram that you know expose the editing of models and such and you know we're in the exposing culture today if you guys go on YouTube for even five seconds you'll see that people are constantly making videos exposing people you know the tea sipping the tea all that stuff and as you know I think that that's good that people are you know showing you know the or airing the dirty laundry showing people that you know not everything you see is real you know I do think that that is maybe the step in the right direction but it's still I still kind of have a problem with it because ultimately it is bringing someone else down and it's making someone else feel bad so I don't know I struggle with that don't quote me on that I'm still kind of figuring out how I feel about it but you know perhaps if we do you know tell our story from the beginning you know not from the middle not from the part where we are triumphant and amazing. Maybe if we start from the beginning and truly tell our story, you know, and maybe not, you know, sit down and, you know, tell it like in a long form, like, I don't know, video or something like that's fine. But maybe also just in everything that we do every day, you know, in the little conversations we have with people at Sephora or just in your day-to-day life, you know, don't like sometimes I literally hear myself lying or not lying, but just being a little bit, you know, not telling the full truth. You know, when people ask me like, oh, how was your weekend? And I'm, you know, telling them what I did, but I don't tell them that I, you know, hooked up with a person I wish I didn't hook up with or that I was deathly hungover on the verge of dying, you know, or like just like ugly little things that happen to us, you know, and I, I hear myself saying, oh, like I just had a nice uh, weekend in and relaxed and I, I hear myself lying and it's because I'm just afraid to peel back that layer because I'm afraid of the judgment. And, you know, we all are, I think, in a small way, but that doesn't mean that we can't, as Oprah says, you know, do a little act of service, which doesn't sound like a lot and it kind of sounds a little bit stupid, you know, like, oh, my act of service for the day is going to be telling my coworkers that I actually did this, you know, but truly, you know, it doesn't sound like it and you guys might be rolling your eyes at me, but it is an act of service, just being a little bit more honest about your story. 
you know, even if it's something so small, you know, because perhaps it will make for a better world, you know, you don't owe your story to anyone, right? But perhaps the best thing that you can do for this world is tell it, you know, get in the driver's seat of your life and own your story from beginning to end, no matter what. And it's the most courageous thing that we can do because it's a lot easier said than done. And even after I, you know, finish recording this episode, I'm still going to wrestle with what Instagram photo I look better in and things like that. But it's it's small baby steps because you're not going to cold turkey just become an amazing angelic person overnight. Like, or not angelic, but like just the person that shares your whole story with the world. Like maybe you can, but for a lot of us, it's something that takes time and it's small little steps. And I think for me, my small little steps and becoming more you know, transparent about my story, you know, began when I started my YouTube channel, you know, back in 2009, because here and there, I would just slowly unravel and just show you guys some uglier parts of me. And I think, you know, I've done it, I did it a lot more in high school and college, or maybe not even the end of college, I was getting a little bit nervous towards the end, because people started watching my videos, and I got a little nervous, you know, about people seeing those sides of me, you know, and it's, it's something that, you know, you, you can't let social media win, you know, because it's, you can't let social media drive your life. You know, you are the driver because as I mentioned that Oprah said, you know, if you're not the driver, then your life is driving you. So if you're not driving your social media accounts, you know, and making things a little bit more real for the rest of the world, you know, make Instagram casual again. That's like a little hashtag that's trending. It's like people posting like unfiltered, just like posts of themselves doing like really normal things. I think stories is helping that a little bit, but still, we still all have this, you know, problem with aesthetic. But you can't let Instagram and this this perfect, you know, society norm that people have been adopting, you can't let that drive you. Because, you know, as I mentioned, it's, you know, it's it's going to drive you into a ditch or onto the side of the road and you're going to lose who you are. And you're going to look at yourself in the mirror and not recognize yourself. You know, and even in my last episode, I talked about, you know, a toxic friendship that, you know, kind of did the same sort of thing. It's like it can be applied to a lot of things, you know, like with that girl that I mentioned in the last episode that, you know, quite literally made, I don't want to like blame it all on her because it was also me. I let her, you know, I kind of became someone I didn't even recognize anymore. And the only reason why that happened was because I let her, I, I sat shotgun and I let her drive. You know, I no longer was driving my life. I was just letting letting it happen with whatever she wanted me to do. And also, I was just kind of watching, like a spectator, watching my life happen. And let me tell you, that is not a life. You know, life is for living, obviously. Life is not for sitting shotgun and letting other people drive your life. You know, and that's probably the best thing that Oprah has ever said, in my opinion. She said a lot of good things, you know. I love Oprah. I really do. So I think that's that's a really important message that you guys should all, you know, hold dear to you. Drive your life because someone else will if you don't. And, you know, I guess now I'll discuss what comes after. You know, once you kind of decide within yourself that you're going to, you know, do these little acts of service, so to speak, if you're going to become a little bit more transparent online or, you know, kind of strive to see things differently, understand that people have stories that they don't share and remind yourself constantly that people aren't always how they, you know, portray themselves which is something I think a lot of us do know but it's it's hard to like really know it you know like really convince yourself that that's how it is you know but what what comes after that a lot of times is you know 
you kind of beat yourself up and feel bad about, you know, all the ways that you went wrong and all the ways that you've been misrepresenting yourself and the ways that you have been, you know, whether you know it or not, influencing people to be insecure or to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And I think, you know, the thing we just remind ourselves in that is that we we do owe it to ourselves to forgive ourselves, you know, for for, you know, forcing ourselves to shrink, you know, to fit into spaces that didn't belong to us you know or things of that nature and I think we do have to forgive ourselves and you know there's this one quote that I actually jotted down from Maya Angelou she said forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know before you learned it you know so don't don't beat yourself up for not knowing because sometimes we get so we get tunnel vision we don't see clearly we just you know do as we as we see other people doing and we forget you know, why we're doing it or even if it is even us at all. And so, you know, forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know before you learned. I think it's a big thing we have to remind ourselves, you know, and I think we also need to practice the idea or the concepts that, you know, we got to stop mistaking truth and people being vulnerable with weakness. You know, just because someone is vulnerable and maybe even points out some things that aren't pretty about themselves, you know, physically or even just things that they think that are ugly and ways that they have messed up, you know, when someone maybe even blatantly online points out that they don't understand or they, they've misrepresented their privilege or they don't understand something, you know, let's stop judging them so harshly and making them feel bad for sharing this, you know, I think a lot of times we are afraid to share truths because we aren't proud of them and there's so many people that have opinions these days it's just such an a it's like a a daunting stage you know you get on the stage to the stage of life to declare something you did wrong and it's like it's like the mean girls um the last scene of mean girls before well maybe not the last scene but the scene that it's not even the last scene I don't know why I said it was the last scene the one where you know all the girls are like standing on the stage like doing the trust fall just you know telling all the things that they said about each other that weren't pretty and you know everyone's you know embracing them for it you know I think that we need to stop mistaking these truths and you know people being vulnerable for weakness and I know it's hard because obviously as I mentioned you can't control your thoughts all the time but we have to at least consciously try and I think it all kind of ladders into the idea or the concept of self-discovery you know when you allow yourself to be vulnerable and you you know you you do these things that aren't easy you know, it ultimately gets you closer to understanding yourself, you know, it's like, yes, you're doing an act of service for the rest of the world, kind of, you know, just shedding some light on things that other people, you know, might feel inspired to do the same or to change their ways. But it's also something that you're doing for yourself. And I think, you know, there's this Buddha quote, that's like, you know, give even if you only have a little, you know, and that's obviously meant for other things as well. Like, you know, giving in other ways but I think that you know even if you have a little truth to give you should give that you know and as I mentioned it's something that's it's not going to happen overnight and it's something where you just slowly but surely in small ways just you know shed the light on who you truly are and it helps you it will feel like a weight has been lifted let me tell you you know and I think that you know it, it in turn you become a reason that other people see the goodness in, in humanity again because I think you know to be quite honest in the social media age although social media is literally my job description it's it's a, it's a world that scares me all the time it scares me when I open my phone it scares me when I'm up at night thinking about things it's just it's 
it's something that, you know, unless we are consciously driving it, it's going to drive us, as I've said, like 70 million times. It's just, it's something that we need to get a hold on now before it escalates into something we don't even recognize anymore, you know? And that's something that I'm going to work on. As I mentioned, it's something that I have been working on and I, I can admit I can do more. I do get timid and scared sometimes at the judgment, but it's something that, you know, ultimately will make other people feel less alone. You know, if we share our truths and we just become more honest, other people will feel more inclined to be the same way, but also, you know, they'll they'll be rest assured that they aren't alone and they aren't the only ones that messed up or, you know, thought an ugly thought every once in a while, you know? And so, yeah, I think that kind of just about does it. <laughs> Guys, I think I'm actually, I'm really, I mean, not actually, I'm pretty proud of this podcast episode. I think I really honestly said everything I wanted to say sometimes after I record these I'm like wait I don't think I fully got this across oh my god let me start over but if I did that I would literally never put out a single episode because like I I cannot tell you guys how many times I've like wanted to refilm or re-record an episode because I'm like oh no I could do it better if I do it again but honestly the first time even if it's not fully perfect and you know everything it's the first time is the most real and raw And that's something that I, that's the little step that I'm taking to keep things more real is to, you know, that's why I hardly ever edit these things. And I have like a few notes jotted, but most of the time it's just free reign. Whatever my brain wants to say, I say. Um, So yeah, that is it for tonight's episode. I hope you guys all enjoyed and I will talk to you guys all next week. Bye. Bye.